Hello, everyone. Welcome back to CUS Sustainability's podcast, Chasing Sustainable Business. In this exciting episode, we chatted with Steve Pedersen, a UBC Sauter alumni. Steve's nuanced experience in impact investing through co-creating a UBC course and co-founding the National Social Value Fund is strongly reflected through the meaningful advice he gives to students throughout the episode. We hope you enjoy listening to Steve's story and learn something through his path to success. Enjoy! Okay, hello Steve, how are you today? Hey, I'm good, Katie, how are you? I'm very good. Okay, so just to jump right in for all the um, people listening, do you want to just tell me a bit about yourself and your passions or your hobbies to kind of let people know who you are and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. So um, I am Steve Pedersen. I graduated from uh, university at UBC a few years ago now, three years to be exact. Um, and yeah, I, I went into UBC taking finance, um, anticipating that I was going to go work in investment banking. Um, and then in my third year of university, I um, had a, a drastic shift into impact investing and social entrepreneurship, which I'm, I'm sure is going to be a topic of discussion today. Um, so so that, that is definitely my, my passion. I, um, I love all things impact investment. Um, I think it's a, it's a really interesting space that's growing quite quickly. And I think a lot of young people need to be made more aware of how quickly that space is growing. So, um, so that, that is what I have centered my entire early career on is impact investing and, um, and, and what I will continue to, to focus on into the future. Um, and, and so, yeah, outside of that, I mean, I, I'm, born and born and raised west coast bc guy so i i <laughs> i enjoy you know enjoy everything everything to do to do with the west coast so i in in a pre-covid era uh like to try and get out as as much as possible into into the nature around this beautiful city of vancouver um uh you know love the outdoors, love live music, uh, love a bunch of regular stuff. So I think it's important as well that, you know, impact investment and investment in general is always seen as this, um, you know, high and mighty thing. But at the end of the day, we're all just regular people trying to improve the world. So um, yeah, that's a bit about me. Yeah, that is true. Well, I mean, it would be a little bit odd if you were born and raised in Vancouver and didn't love everything outdoors. So that seems exactly. <laughs> very <laughs> fitting. Um, what kind of shifted your interest from impact investing or from financial banking to impact investing? Like what encouraged that switch in your mindset? Yeah, so um, it was a course uh, in my third year of university. So I had, you know, I'd gone through the first couple of years of school at UBC Sauter and I was really intrigued by finance. Um, I, I loved the numbers. I felt I could happily, you know, wrap myself in an Excel sheet and, and go to bed. You know, I, I love that stuff. Um, but I also, I, I didn't really realize it at the time, but there was also a bit of a a feeling of a disconnect between my career goals and and my peers' career goals. I, you know, everybody talks about investment banking, and and that is certainly you know a, 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 an incredibly worthwhile career and um, an incredibly you know potentially lucrative career. Um, for me, I, I guess I didn't really necessarily 
feel the draw to it, despite loving everything about it. Um, but I didn't realize that until I took a course in third year. And, and in third year, I took a, a social entrepreneurship class for, I, I had no clue what social entrepreneurship was at that time. I, I took it because I needed to fill a slot in my timetable and I needed to have a commerce elective. Um, uh, and so I, I took this course, um, I read about it, it sounded you know, pretty interesting. And within the first week of that course, um, it, it was taught at the time by um, a professor at UBC Sauter named Tamar Milne. Um, uh, within a week of taking that course, it was as though a light bulb had, had gone off. I, I was immediately transfixed by this idea of impact investing and social entrepreneurship because here was you know, essentially exactly what I was looking for, which was I can use all of the skills and tools that I'm developing um, through my finance courses and through just my general interest in finance and business, but I can use it in a way that aligns a lot more with my values and my goals in life, um, uh, i.e. Um, using my career as a way to hopefully improve you know, the world uh, through, through business and through investment. And so, so it, it was this, you know, this snapshot moment that said, I'm not going to do investment banking. I am going to figure out what this whole thing about impact investing is and I'm going to I'm going to make it work um, it, nobody you know not well, not nobody there was uh, a few other students and specifically the students who were also taking that course who had that same mindset but it was very much you know a, a small group of students at, at UBC Sauter who who also wanted to pursue this and so I knew there wasn't going to be at the time, perhaps as many opportunities, et cetera. But I said, you know, this is exactly what I want to be doing, and so I'm going to I'm going to make it work. Um, so so that was that was the um, that was the moment where I decided sustainable business impact investment, social entrepreneurship, all these terms. That's the area that I, I was going to focus on. Um, and you know, for the next couple of years of, of university, I, I basically did you know, everything possible to to learn more about it um, to uh, you know, to become involved in the impact investing scene uh, in Vancouver. Um, in, in between my third and fourth year, I actually helped create a, a course that sits at UBC Solder now called Impact Investing. Um, so an, an actual course that students can take now um, that, that teaches about it because there wasn't really anything um, at the time that, that taught about it and, and, and thus began my, my career in impact investing. Yeah, well, that's quite the happy accident to take a course and stumble okay. upon it and then find your your passion and your career. So that's really great. And hopefully everyone that listening can take a few pieces of information from this episode and really hopefully stem that interest as well. Uh, and you said you created a course. And I remember last time we talked, you said you TA'd a couple courses at Sauter as well. And I know that's definitely... Um, something that a lot of students who may be listening will be interested in. So would you have, um, first of all, if you could just speak a little bit about your TA experience and kind of give more background about the course you TA'd, but also if you have any advice for students who are interested in, in becoming a TA and kind of how you manage to balance that with your school classes and just having a, a social life and time for yourself. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, don't yeah, don't do what I did. Um, so, well, <laughs> so I, I I I did I TA'd a few courses in my last year, but in the the first semester of, of my last year, I, I took six courses and TA'd two. 
Um, wow. and yeah, <laughs> so just, yeah, just don't, don't do that. Um, yeah. So TAing, I, I think it's really, it, it can be, um, a really interesting experience. Um, it can also not be. Uh, and I think that it really depends on how aligned you are with what you're TAing. So, right. um, and, and what your, what your role is as a TA. So, you know, a, a lot of different professors, um, uh, most professors at UBC Solder use TAs, but they, they definitely use them in different ways, right? Some um, TA opportunities you're able to, or, uh, you know, actually, uh, you know, affect the course and be a very, you know, active participant. Um, and, and mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of continued learning that you can have um, during that. Um, and, and then others, you know, you're, you're more so, you know, just a marker, right? Which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's really important before you begin or, or sign up to be a TA that you, you really know what you're signing up for in terms of, you know, what, what am I going to be doing? Right. What are my roles and responsibilities? And just having a lot of clarity around that. So for me, um, yeah, I TA'd uh, three different courses. I, I TA'd the social entrepreneurship course that I had taken in my third year, the one that kind of got me into this whole, whole you know, area of, of work. Um, I also TA'd the, the, um, the second year, I believe it was, second year entrepreneurship course. Um, so those two in one semester. And then I, I was a TA for the impact investing course that I helped create um, in my last semester. And so, so that one's a, a little bit different because I was a TA, but I was also like helping the course run for the very first time. And so it, it was quite engaging because we were, you know, uh, we had created a syllabus, we'd created projects, but this was the, the exact, you know, the very first time that we were going to um, to actually run it. So there's a lot of learnings uh, involved in, okay, so, so, you know, what is, you know, what is, you know, what needs to be tweaked in this course, you know, are students learning everything um, properly? So um, I, I had really fantastic experiences um, being a TA. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I also tried to be very intentional about my role. So I think that, I think there's some people who decide to be a TA and, they see it as, you know, um, they've already done that course, so they know everything, et cetera, which I, I think is just such, such a false way of thinking, right? Um, you, you've taken the course, but there's still so much more to be learned and there's so much to be learned from the students who are in the course. So if you go into the TA role still having a learning mindset, I think there's a lot of things that can be reinforced. There's a lot of ideas that can be challenged, et cetera, by you you know, essentially viewing it as going through the course a second time, but, you know, in a bit of a different role. So, so that's the mindset that, that I tried to have. And I think because I took that mindset, I had a really good time um, uh, as a TA, uh, despite TAing two classes and, 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 and taking six, um, I, I found it to be really enjoyable. But I, I also know that the, the other side of the, the coin is definitely out there in that you know, some people are, are doing it because they, they need, uh, you know, they, they need to, uh, you know, a job for the, the semester or because they took the course, but perhaps the activities that they're doing are not necessarily, you know, as engaging. So, um, and again, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's just making sure that you have the correct expectations before you actually jump into, into the TA role. And ideally you're doing, you know, a, a, you're taking a TA role in a course that really excites you um, so that you're, you're able to, uh, continue your, learn your learning. So yeah, highly recommended overall. 
Yeah. I guess with anything, if you are more interested and passionate about the subject, it doesn't really feel like work or like a burden. So I guess the biggest takeaway with TA work, school, clubs is just to kind of find what you're interested in and then go from there. Because I can imagine that six courses and TAing three could be next to impossible for lots of people to manage. So it is very clear that that is something you are passionate about. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in the past five years, so whether you were back in Sauter, because that was three years ago now, or in your career now, um, if you had to pick one, this might be a little difficult to answer, but what would you say is your most impactful project you took on? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's, it's fairly easy. Um, and, and that's beginning uh, and, and founding, co-founding um, the National Social Value Fund. So um, this is essentially my life at this point um, is, is, is starting and, and running the National Social Value Fund. So um, maybe just to continue the story from, you know, graduating after becoming, you know, entranced by the, by the impact investing sector, I was incredibly fortunate to uh, go work for a, a small impact investment firm here in Vancouver. Um, while working there, you know, one of the frustrations that I had was um, I had become really interested in impact investing and I knew that there were a lot of peers of mine in UBC Sauter and in, in the general UBC um, uh, student body who were really interested in impact investing or social entrepreneurship, but they weren't able to pursue that as a career option because there were no or, or very limited opportunities for young people to actually become involved in this in this space because it's still nascent, it's still growing. Um, the lack of opportunities is, is definitely a, a challenge. And so um, while working for this impact investment firm here in Vancouver called Health Adventures, um, one thing that I really wanted to do was to say, why, why couldn't we just create um, an impact investment fund, but have it be, you know, authentically, completely student-led as a way for young people who are really interested to actually get that first tangible experience so that if they want to pursue this as a career, they're able to graduate with some, you know, real experience, you know, having made real impact investments um, under their belt uh, so that they, they can go and, and, you know, get some of these, these jobs that are, you know, quickly becoming highly sought after in, in the impact investing space. Um, and so I, you know, while working for Helder Ventures, uh, they, they were, um, they were uh, as well, very, very much on board with uh, supporting this idea. And so um, we ran the first, you know, trial version of this in the in the first year after graduating um, after I graduated university and we said let's start a you know a, a student-led impact investment fund that finances and invests in high impact social enterprises in Vancouver BC um, and we're going to be authentic about this in that you know the student team is going to be able to lead every aspect of it. So it's not that they're just going to do some research or um, some due diligence, but no, they're actually going to be the ones who have the, the power to make the decisions on, you know, what is going to be invested in, how um, it's going to be invested in, what type of impact they want to create um, with, with the investments that they're making. And so we ran this experiment um, 
for you know, we had eight students from from EBC. Uh, we we had selected from a variety of different people that applied, and we essentially said, you know, here is a, a small pool of capital, um, you know, invested into social enterprises. Um, we're not necessarily going to tell you exactly how to do these things, so we're not going to stand up and lecture you, um, but we're going to provide you the space to learn um, amongst each other, to experiment, to, you know, to, to, to try different things, um, and, and we're going to see what happens. Um, and it was a, a, an amazing year. Um, the, the first few months were really difficult um, because the... You know, stu students in general are very used to being told what to do um, in a classroom setting, doing it, getting a good grade and saying, yes, I did it. Right. And, and then all of a sudden here was this, you know, experiential learning opportunity that said, we're not telling you what to do. You have to figure it out yourself. And so they have to sit in this fire of ambiguity and, and it, it becomes you know, quite, quite a challenge for them. But because of the way that we structured it, um, they came out, you know, so much better at the end. Um, a lot more confident in their decision making. A lot more, um, uh, you know, confident in their ability to work together and and come up with really interesting um, investments. And then and then they actually did. They they invested in a few um, social enterprises in Vancouver, BC, that are you know creating uh, really important um, impact in in the community. So uh, we can talk about that a little bit more later, perhaps. But um, I, that first year trial essentially translated into what is now my full-time full-time plus you know, role, which is building the National Social Value Fund. So essentially taking that experiment that was done um, in Vancouver a few years ago, and, and we've turned it into a real thing where we have students in different universities across uh, the country who are all running their own local um, social value fund um, with local capital investing into local social enterprises. So um, we've now had uh, just over 100 students go through the program. It's a two-year program, uh, and, and we've been able to invest um, uh, now just over half a million dollars into, into social enterprises wow. um, uh, uh, in these communities, and, and it is all you know, entirely student-led. Um, so you know, a lot of it has been taken from you know, looking at models um, that that already exist, you know, the Portfolio Management Foundation at, at UBC Solder is a good example of it, but saying, you know, how can we build something like that, that um, but focuses on high impact social enterprise. So um, that for me has been the most impactful project. Uh, it is, um, it is, you know, the thing that I, I wake up and, and think about and fall asleep thinking about um, probably to like an unhealthy amount uh, <laughs> uh, nowadays. So, um, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Clearly, it's a, a huge part of your life. And I'm jealous that you were able to find something so quickly that you're so passionate about. And I think probably many students listening will have that same jealousy. Um, but since this is such a big part of your life, I kind of want to continue with uh, the National Social Value Fund and kind of speak a little bit more about it. So if you could just go more into depth about like what your role is, obviously, you created it, but kind of like maybe what you do on a day to day and like what your involvement is with that and kind of, I'm sure your days are different every day, but general idea. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the entrepreneurial answer, right? Which is every <laughs> single day is different, um, but I, I, can, I can try to be general about it. Um, so, so my role, so, so the National Social Value Fund in and of itself is a nonprofit. Um, so we are the body 
that supports the learning and education of the students who are involved in each of the local social value funds who are involved in running each of the local social value funds. So um, my, my role you know, fits into a variety of different categories. Um, one is supporting on the learning side. So I, I work actively on a day-to-day -day basis with each of the student teams in the five cities that, that we have a presence in. So Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, um, and then a couple locations in Ontario. Um, and so in each of these uh, cities, we have a, a team of students that's been selected, you know, eight to 10 students or so. Um, and I, I work with them on, on a daily basis on uh, their activities within their experiential learning program, i.e. running their funds. So it, it could be supporting them on uh, helping them do research on a venture. It could be um, supporting them on you know, making investment. Uh, you know, the list goes on. So, so focusing on the, the learning side of it. Um, uh, and then you know, in, in order to you know, actually make this run, uh, there's a, a lot of fundraising as well, right? So um, talking with a variety of different organizations and high net worth individuals who uh, hopefully see the same vision that we see and are able to um, to be generous and, and support what we're trying to do. Um, so so there's, there's a lot of uh, activity there. And then I would say the the third would be you know, more of the the higher level thing. So uh, as an entrepreneur, it is it is so important to be able to focus in on the um, uh, the, the the details. Um, but it's also really important to kind of be able to lift your head up from those details and think big picture, right? Um, right. Fi figuring out okay, so where is the national social value fund going into the future? Um, what strategic strategic partnerships could we make um, that are able to enhance the opportunity for the students who are involved in the National Social Value Fund program. Um, uh, you know, are we going to expand into different locations? You know, there, there's a lot of those type of, of conversations that are, are had um, uh, throughout my days that, uh, you know, ideally will we'll shape this, right? You know, the, mm -hmm. the metaphor that, that we, we always use, um, uh, we probably overuse it, um, is that, that we are, you know, we are flying a plane while building both of the wings. Um, and so, um, you know, we're, we're trying to, to, you know, figure out who we are and what we are and what we're doing and, and how to best do that, um, while also, you know, continuing to, to run the program, um, continuing to support uh, a bunch of different students. So um, it's, a, it's a pretty active uh, role, but that's what makes it exciting. Like, I wouldn't change this for, for the world. I think in, in general, there's two paths that you can take when, when, you, when you graduate university, the, mm -hmm. the tried and true uh, path, which is I'm going to go work for you know, this organization. Uh, uh, I'm perhaps going to lose a little bit of autonomy, but what I'll get is I will get a very structured learning and scalable career path. Um, right. There's a lot of validity to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other path is I'm going to, you know, forge my own route. I'm going to have no clue what I'm going to learn or how I'm going to right. to develop, but I'm going to be able to experiment and stuff. And and my just my personality uh, always is going to point me to to that route. Um, yeah. But but I, I also want to be very clear that that both are entirely valid. They, you just it's just important to make sure that you you know what which one is is the right fit for you better for you of course yeah either either or it just really depends on who you are and what you like because some people can only manage a structured day and there's nothing wrong with that like i i love a little structure as well still not sure what i want to do but i do enjoy some structure to my day but yeah it seems like very hands-on very 
different hats at all times and I'm sure the everything's still growing and moving along so it'll be very interesting to see kind of where you guys are going as a nonprofit and kind of what there is in future. Um, I don't know if you're able to speak on any sort of like future details, but maybe like where you think it's going would be interesting for us to hear and kind of what you have sight like set yeah. on in the future. Yeah, I, I can speak to a little bit of it. Um, so, well, one of the, the biggest um, uh strategic changes in, in this past year has been um, partnering with a group called the Social Innovation Academy. Um, uh, Social Innovation Academy um, also does experiential learning programs um, uh, focused on social entrepreneurship, um, but rather than focusing on investing in social, on investing into social entrepreneurs, um, they focus on supporting different projects um, uh, that social entrepreneurs are, are doing. And so, so we've started to work with them very closely, uh, you know, incredibly closely. Right. Um, and what we see is being able to kind of combine all of the things that we're doing in order to start to make a, a much more holistic experience for students in general who are interested in social entrepreneurship um, and for, for social entrepreneurs themselves. So to say, maybe you're interested in social entrepreneurship, um, but you're not necessarily interested in financing them well, there's other paths that you could take. You know, you could go through the Social Innovation Academies program or, you know, future programs. So, so that's been, you know, one of our biggest shifts over the last, um, you know, half year or so is starting to work very closely with them on, on trying to create a bit of a shared vision uh, of the future. And so there, there's a lot of really interesting things that, that um, come with that in terms of, uh, you know, how do you start to, to take, you know, a, a couple different organizations, dreams and aspirations and, and figure out a, a common ground and, and build something that is, you know, better than the, the sum of the parts essentially. And so, so that's been a really interesting, really exciting, uh, like incredibly engaging um, uh, thing that we've been working on over the last, um, uh, you know, last half year or so. Um, and then specifically for the National Social Aid Fund, our goal, you know, our, our aspiration is to be able to launch, you know, our program in more and more locations over time. So right. we- Do you have any cities in mind of where you want to go with uh, that? I do. I don't know if I can say it okay. right now. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> don't want to. But, you know, our goal, so we, we made the the either it's either the crazy or correct decision last year to launch four new locations at the exact same time, um, wow. which was fun. And there was a lot of learning that, that yeah. came with that. And so, you know, our goal is to do a, a similar amount fairly shortly. Um, uh, now that we're starting to feel quite comfortable with the, the locations that we have. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing about how we expand is that, you know, it, again, is all led by students in those different cities, right? So mm -hmm. when we started a, a location in Montreal, it wasn't that, you know, we went to, you know, funders in Montreal, we, we went to a student team in Montreal and said, would you like to start your own fund? And, and they said, yes, uh, we, we would. And so we said, okay, here is, you know, the blueprint and, you know, go, go at it basically. Um, uh, we'll provide you the support, et cetera, but this is going to be yours, right? Um, and so, so you know, it, it really is dependent on, you know, what students in what locations come out of the woodwork and say, hey, we also want to, you know, grow social impact and impact investing in our city. So um, that'll, that'll be what determines where we actually end up. Right. Well, that's exciting to hear that you guys are, are growing in the near future. And I'm sure 
other students are eager for impact investing. Um, for those who are listening and eager in impact investing, could you kind of give more details as to why you think this is a valuable experience for students and like what they gain out of this experience and kind of like what their role is? I know you sure. touched on that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty biased, but I would say for anybody who's <laughs> listening, like, absolutely, you should consider our program. <laughs> As you uh, should be, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but it, so in terms of, like, the nuts and bolts of, of the program, um, it's a two-year program, so it, it's a fairly significant commitment, um, and students are selected at the typically at the end of their second or third year of university, depending on how long their, their university is going to take them to complete. Um, they're selected at the end of the year. And then during that summer, um, they go through a variety of different, uh, we call them like mini curriculum modules. So, um, so quick hitting topics that talk about the, everything that you need to kind of know about impact investing. So, um, how, you know, how do you evaluate a social entrepreneur for investment? Um, what type of investment vehicles exist? Um, what type, uh, you know, how do you actually, you know, finalize an, an investment? You know, uh, we, we go into the nuts and bolts of term sheets and, you know, all these, these fun, fun things. Um, and so throughout that, that summer, um, those modules are essentially uh, something that you, you do with your new associate team. Um, as well as getting a chance to meet all of the other associates from across the country. So our goal is to be local in scope, but also be national in scale so that students are able to kind of broaden their horizons and talk with other students from Montreal and Toronto and, and, and Calgary, et cetera. Um, so there's a lot of learning that is involved in that you know, first four, four or five months. And we actually bring in um, professional impact investors and professionals in the um, in the, the space of impact investment to be the ones to, to teach those mini curriculum modules and to share their lived experience, um, et cetera. So there's, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of really information, interesting information, interesting stories that are, that are part of that. Um, and then the first year of the program, you're an associate um, with your local social value fund. So you're involved in identifying social entrepreneurs, um, uh, evaluating, doing some research into these social enterprises, um, as well as working with the students from the past cohort um, to actually make investment decisions um, uh, and invest into social enterprises. And then you also work with the current portfolio of companies. So as an example, the Vancouver Social Value Fund has about seven ventures that they've invested in. So they work with those seven ventures to, to help them grow and, and scale. So it's, it's really interesting, really hands-on. Um, that following summer, um, there's actually uh, paid internship opportunities um, for students who are partaking in this program. So um, they're uh, along with the, the group that I mentioned, the Social Innovation Academy, um, there is uh, uh, a, a number of different opportunities um, that they have first access to uh, in terms of paid internship opportunities in impact investing for that summer. So again, the whole goal is to be able to provide these students um, and especially the ones who become really engaged with a, a way to get hands-on experience and to get real experience before they graduate so that if this is something that they want to pursue then they can pursue it after graduation um, and then finally they come back for the final year of their program which is often the final year of their university career um, and they become a fund manager so that's the year where they actually run 
the fund. So they do everything involved with running the fund. So working with the investment committee, um, uh, talking to potential funders, uh, a variety of different things um, that, uh, and then you know, leading the, the current uh, and new associate team. So, um, so it's, you know, there, there's a, a ton that's involved with it. Um, uh, because it's an experiential program, we also you know, make sure that we're um, providing a lot of uh, tangible learning experiences and, and opportunities throughout the school year. Uh, and, and typically, you know, students are taking about, you know, uh, I'd say it's an average of five to 10 hours per, per, um, per week on, on, on the program. Uh, it, it can get a little intense at times, so it, it's good to, good to make note of, you know, of, of the, the commitment that you're making as, as part of the program. So um, I personally, you know, from, from the students who have been a part of it, this is always my favorite part is seeing what they do after university. My favorite story to tell is, you know, one of the students who was involved in the very first year of this program, she was able to get, you know, the single uh, internship available to, um, to in two students um, out out of university in a group called Renewal Funds. Um, Renewal Funds you know, manages a, a very significant amount of capital, and and they are doing impact investment. And she's now been able to work her way through getting that experience because of the Social Value Fund to being uh, employee number seven on a one billion dollar private equity firm um, in Sweden. So. Uh, crazy story that yeah. um, that I, I, I speak for her right now, but I know that she, if she was listening to this, she, she would also you know attribute you know the beginning of that story to the involvement uh, with her local social value fund. So um, uh, that's my favorite part of this is being able to see that the experience actually you know translate into some career success for um, yeah. for the students who who actively take a, a leading role within these local social value funds. Yeah, that's amazing. That's quite the inspiring story for anyone who is interested in joining the uh, National Social Value Fund that doors are, are wide open and it kind of just depends on what you put in is what you get out of the experience, I guess, is what I'm taking away from this anyways. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, well said. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've seen a, a variety of students come through, but what would you, how would you describe like qualities that you think would be best for students to have that would be most successful in the National Social Value Fund? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we don't, uh, it's not that we don't care, um, but I will say, I'll just, I'll use it for lack of a better word. We don't care about your financial skills. Um, I think that is something that can be learned. It can be taught. Um, and if you go into applying for this, thinking that you have all the financial skills already, then, you know, an experiential mm -hmm. learning opportunity probably isn't what you're looking for. Right. right. And so, so, um, so we, we make very, or we spend a lot of time during the application process, trying to understand the why behind why you're trying to do this. Right. So if you're trying to do this because you think it's going to look good on your resume, um, it will look good on your resume, but if that's the reasoning for doing this, um, then you're probably not going to be a fit, right? We're looking for people who are authentically interested in pursuing a career within impact investment or within, you know, social, social entrepreneurship, um, or at least are open to the idea of it. Um, and so what, what makes a, a, a successful, um, program participant, uh, is, 
there's there's a few things. I, I think there's you know a, a, a certain amount of openness that you need to have. So openness to new experiences, new ideas. Um, there there are so many times within the program where you are in a position where you need to figure something out with your your teammates, and and there is no clear answer. Um, so there's no clear yes or no, or here's what to do. And so, so there, there's a requirement to be able to be you know, quite flexible and, and creative um, uh, in your thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we, we look for, for people who, you know, I, I don't know if we still, we, we used to call it soft leadership, which I, I, I don't think is necessarily the, the right phrasing, but we look for leadership qualities that aren't, you know, the, the, those people who, are leaders by not taking up the room, right. if, if not, that makes sense. No, that right. makes sense. Not too yeah. demanding, but still able to lift people up. Yeah, exactly. So, so those people who who will lead and will push forward and are proactive and are you know uh, authentically curious about these things, um, right. but will you know do so in a way that helps you know those around them um, rather than elevates themselves over those around them if that makes sense so um those are the type of people that we try to to look for for this program because it you know it is you know participation in in the local social value funds it goes beyond i think a lot of you know participation in 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 clubs and that it is you know a two-year commitment and and you're Mm -hmm. working you know with these with your peers you know, quite consistently over that, that period of time. And so being able to, to navigate challenges and, and work with that team is super, super crucial. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, all of those things we put a lot of emphasis on. Um, and then, you know, if uh, in, into, you know, in the, in the program, you'll learn all of the, you know, the financial knowledge that is necessary. So I guess it's also important to note that, we, we specifically do not want all finance students. Um, okay. We also don't uh, even want all commerce students. Um, we actually are open to applications from students across uh, all faculties at UBC. Um, we've had a philosophy student before, we've had an engineering okay. student before, um, and uh, everybody listening, uh, I, I hope I don't make too many people <laughs> mad here, but it's, um, it's, it's it's very important, I think, that we don't have all finance students because whether they like it or not, or whether they admit it or not, if you have eight finance students in the room, they all sound exactly the same and they all talk about the exact same things. And so yeah. we'd like to have a not just diversity in general. We obviously it, that's very important to us, but we also like to have diversity of thought, i.e., people right. who have different interests, different you know approaches, different ways of thinking, uh, because that really you know uh, allows a lot of interesting conversations to blossom. Yeah. And as much as obviously you're not trying to upset anyone by saying that finance students are more or less the same, but it's hard not to be if you're all going to the same institution, you're all taking the same classes. It's almost not even, it's just a product of the environment. They're just doing everything they can to get to where they want to be. And I'm sure a vast majority of them, because people that go into finance is such a huge group, all kind of have the same outlook more or less. Obviously that's a general statement. There's yeah, exactly. Like it, it's partly tongue in cheek what I say, but it, it, yeah, it is, you know, um, it's just a, a, a matter of, of kind of the, the institution, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I'm sure we could talk all day, but I will end off with one more question. And it is just kind of a general advice for any students in commerce or not um, who are interested in integrating more like sustainable business into their life and studies. Like what kind of tips or advice would you give based on your experience? Um, yeah, so a few things. So one, if you're already listening to this, um, that's a great first step because I guarantee you that there is a lot of students um, who are going through university who aren't being proactive in their learning. Uh, I think that that to me, from my experience as a TA, um, but also from my experience working with you know students now um, in these funds is the people who, it, it becomes quite obvious to see who is going to be successful or, or, or who is who is not, right? Um, and those people who are going to be successful are the ones always that are proactive in their learning, right? So the people who take time on you know a Saturday morning, whatever you're listening to this, to listen and to get uh, you know other people's opinions, right? You may right. agree with some of the things you, I say, you may not, but at least you're listening and, and starting to think about it for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so do more of that. Right. Um, uh, try to attend those extra curricular sessions, anything around sustainable business or any any talks about social entrepreneurship. You know, you know being present is, is such a, an important skill. I, I still uh, every year, I, uh, except for this year, obviously this year is a little bit different, but every past year I've, I've gone to the Calm 101 uh, class. Um, and uh, I, I speak to a couple different sections, um, mm -hmm. uh, just kind of telling you know, my, my story. And every year I say, you know, I'm happy to talk to anybody in this room. It's a room of you know, 100, 150, 200, I don't know how many students are in there. Um, uh, you know, if you're interested in talking about impact investing or just in general, how to get into finance or, or in general, what to do in school, I'm more than happy to have a conversation. Uh, and then I tell them, I guarantee you, um, even though I, I'm given this offer, that more than likely there will be one or two people who reach out um, right. and, and nobody else will, right? And consistently, every single year, it is the case, right? I'll, I'll get one or two emails out of, let's say, 150, right? Um, which tells me two things. One, I'm probably not that interesting to talk to. Um, <laughs> I think that's then, a false conclusion. And, and, then, and then two um, is there's a lot of people who just aren't, you know, at the stage in, in their mindset or the development where they see the value in, in being proactive in these different types of things. And so um, it is those people who, who reach out and, um, you know, that inevitably end up doing really amazing things in their life because they uh, they have taken the time to, you know, it's such a, a, a crazy important four years in, in university, they've taken the time to actually make the most of it, right? And, and you know, they're, you're, you're at this point where everybody, so many people are so willing to provide you with advice or to provide you with their thoughts or open doors for you. Um, and, and those people who, who take that opportunity are, um, are often, those who, who end up doing well. I mean, I, when I wanted to do impact investing, that's exactly what I did is I said, I'm going to talk with, you know, as many people as I can about this. Um, and, and hopefully something will come up. And, you know, my first role out of university was a, a role that was offered to me um, because somebody saw that 
I was doing all this stuff and said, hey, would you like to come work here? I didn't apply to that um, position at all, right? Um, and it was just because I was present um, and, and I think because I was asking good questions that I said, hey, this is you know, someone who actually wants to do this stuff. So that, that would be my advice is, you know, um, you know, take the time, right? Um, even if it's just once a week, right? you say for this half hour rather than whatever it may be, right? Um, playing video games, uh, I don't know. TikTok, I guess, is a popular thing now. You know, we talked about this, yeah. Devil. So, you know, you know step, step away from that and say, okay, how am I going to be proactive about my learning in this hour about, you know, if it's a sustainable business that you're interested in, great, about that. Is, am I going to read an article or going to read a few articles? And eventually it won't become a chore anymore. You'll just become, you know, enraptured in it and, right. and, and you'll want to learn about Create it a lot. A yeah, so, I think it's such a small thing, but even the few people I've talked to are like shocked. They're like so many, no one reaches out and it's just such an amazing tool. And it's a great way to kind of learn more, even gain more information about things that maybe you didn't even know was an option. And to kind of just explore all opportunities, I think is the best thing and something I'm definitely going to try and work on more this year. So I think that's great, great. advice. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Steve, today for all your amazing information. I'm sure this will be a very informational and interesting podcast for many people to listen to and give people more of an insight about impact investing or just even give them information on how to kind of shift their mindset for schooling. I think there's so many things that could be taken away from this. So thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, um, happy to do it. Uh, this has been fun, and and thank you for asking you know very good questions. Um, I'll I'll make the last plug. If anybody is interested in joining the Vancouver Social Value Fund, we'll we'll have applications open in mid March, um, and you can find them at nsvf.ca. All right, that is good to know. I'm sure hopefully lots of people will be checking that out, and we are happy to um, give the information to those who are interested. Great, thanks, Katie. Thank you so much. All right. That will be all the questions for today. Um, I'm sure we will talk about all of where we can reach you and include your LinkedIn in the outro to give people more information on how to reach you. Is there a better way to reach you than LinkedIn? LinkedIn works just fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. Okay. Thank you, Steve. We would like to express our gratitude to Steve for taking the time out of his busy schedule to share his insights about the roles he partook that got him to the positions he is at today. I definitely learned a lot and will be taking Steve's words with me as I continue my BCom degree. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our past episodes to learn more about incorporating sustainability into your career. If you have any feedback, questions, or concerns, feel free to reach out to our Instagram, CUS Sustainability or email sustainability at cus.ca. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you have an awesome rest of your day.